What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, November 17th, 2016, and you guys are listening to episode 281. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody had a good time in between shows. Uh, got a great show for you guys today. I'm actually doing this podcast from uh, my room in beautiful Toronto, Canada, uh, and I'm not even joking. It is beautiful outside. Uh, it's not too cold. It's probably about 55 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, really nice. I was just out there walking around uh, dealing with a big-time headache, which I had to fix today with my phone. Of course, my phone goes on the fritz when I'm in another country, but I will get into that uh, during the hour for sure. Uh, so we got a great show, though. I want to talk about a movie I saw. want to talk uh, actually... Some sports on this one, some cool stuff with sports. I'm going to talk, obviously, your guys' unacceptables, my unacceptable, uh, just a bunch of stuff. But first, as always, the Verzi Effect podcast uh, will start off with the sponsors. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, whether you're in your car, on your treadmill, at home, chilling out, working from home, um, sitting in a cubicle, cursing being there for the next eight hours, counting the time until you go to uh, lunch. Uh, Enjoy episode 281 of the Verzi Effect. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by City Living Dog, citylivingdog.com. Check out Coach Mike. Coach Mike is going to be coming to my house this month to work on um, our dog, Lloydie, who is uh, having his ups and downs. You know, he's uh, he's he's all right, but then he kind of just a couple of bad habits we have to get him out of, but he's definitely doing better. But Coach Mike and City Living Dog, best dog trainer in the country. Uh, he truly is, like, in all seriousness, people say that, but, like, this guy is, uh, you know, tops. He's tops in the country, you know, and uh, he works. I've seen his um, videos. You could actually see Coach Mike's YouTube clips. Just go to Coach Mike's City Living Dog on YouTube and watch what he does with these dogs. It's pretty amazing. There's one on there where he gets his face, like, literally chopped up, and then 10 minutes later he's got the dog sitting down there, you know, ready to fucking juggle for him. So uh, he's amazing, amazing. Uh, Check out all of his social media outlets, his uh you know, his YouTube channel, his Facebook, all that stuff. He even does some um, live Facebook trainings. But check out citylivingdog.com uh, and Coach Mike. Also, drink more good. If you guys like the healthy alternative to soda, if you like seltzer uh, water that's a little flavored like I do, check out uh, Drink More Good. What it is is it's handcrafted organic syrups, um, you know, ginger and, and uh, citruses, all kinds of delicious, refreshing stuff. It's a syrup that you put into your seltzer and it's just a healthy alternative to soda. You can make it as strong as you want. You can make it uh, not strong at all, just with a little taste. Still refle- uh, refreshing, delicious. Uh, check out their website, uh, drinkmoregood.com. There's nothing artificial in it. There's no artificial, you know, nothing. Like it's, I know when you hear syrups, it's, it's all organic, okay? They have a store in Beacon, New York, they, uh, it's great. You could use their uh, syrups even for cooking with uh, marinades and all kinds of baking. You could even use them when you make cocktails and, and drinks. So check out Drink More Good for a healthy alternative um, to soda. And of course, guys, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite comedy podcasts, your favorite comedy albums. All Things Comedy is the best. Uh, you can follow them at All Things Comedy on Twitter. Go to the website, 
allthingscomedy.com. Amazing podcasts on there. Too many to list, but uh, if you like the Verzi Effect and you're into comedy podcasts, which I'm sure you already know All Things Comedy, but definitely check those guys out. All right. A lot to talk about here on the show on 281. Um, the United States is settling down now in our country, okay? I'm in Canada, and I say that because here, they're into it here as much as we are there. It's weird. Like, I got here thinking I'd get a break from it, and people are talking about it. They follow our elections so closely here. Uh, it's insane to almost a weird, almost a weird point. Like, it's weird. Um... They know everything, and um, it was nice to see that it's slowly settling down in our in our country. We're still getting the, you know, everyone's got the friends that still can't let it go, and they're still posting their Facebook stuff, and they're going to talk about Trump's cabinet, and they're going to do this, and they're just going to, everybody that's not happy is going to go nuts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, even know what to say. Uh, I think Dave Chappelle, who did an amazing job, on Saturday Night Live's monologue. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was hilarious. I thought the gorilla bit, uh, how the police said it was the hardest thing to do was to shoot that gorilla. Um, yeah, I do a joke about the, the gorilla bit there, and it's it's different than Dave's. Dave obviously has a, uh, from his standpoint, with the, uh, with the racial thing, it's just so funny and smart, and I thought that he did a great job. But I thought everything he said, even at the end when he talked about Trump, um, you know, wishing him luck and hoping that he does well and, you know, gives the people a chance if, you know, and they give him a chance. And I thought that was great. Um, I just thought though, the jokes were, were super, super funny, you know, from, from beginning to end. And I thought the story that he told about being in the white house, I just really liked it. I thought he, I thought he nailed it. I thought that that was Chappelle at his best. And, uh, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was such a great Saturday night live, a real moment, a real monologue. And, uh, I loved it. I will say this. Uh, you know, I didn't love the cold open with, uh, you know, Kate McKinnon playing Hillary Clinton singing hallelujah. And then everybody's crying in there. And I just have a hard time, you know, I'm really not trying to be a dick here. Like I get it. You know, if you didn't like Trump, I've said many times on the show, you know, I, I couldn't vote for either candidate. Um, but this idea that like everybody's crying and upset about Hillary and like nobody's understanding like the criminal shit that she did. You know, and she's going to sit there and, and, and sing that song. I just thought it was really kind of, I don't know. I just thought it was really geared to, to one group of people, one one group of voters. I feel like it's not fair, you know, to do that. And I feel like it's totally ignoring the fact of like what Hillary Clinton has done before and what she stands for and what her, you know, what she's done, how she's taken money. So I didn't really like that or buy into it at all. I usually like when Saturday Night Live has a funny cold open but I feel like Chappelle saved it anyway. So um, I know people disagree with me. That's fine. That's just my take on it. You know, that's just my take on the whole thing. It's like you're going to act like that. And, and somebody made I'm not going to mention any names, but a, a comedian friend of mine made a good point where he goes, uh, you know, it's funny how every time you say, yeah, but she took money from all these dictators who, you know, oppress women and all that. And everyone's like, yeah, well, they all do that. That's their excuse. Well, they all do that. I just find it ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I don't like any kind of making Hillary Clinton look good uh, and, and because I don't think that she is, to be quite honest. I think she's a liar. I think that the things she said, too, I mean, she's been on record saying what you say to the public and then what you say behind closed doors need to be two different things. I just don't trust her, and I think Saturday Night Live's cold open. I just didn't like that, um, you know, if I had to be honest. 
I just, you know, I love Saturday Night Live. I'm a big time Saturday Night Live fan. I've been, it's been on in my family forever. You know, uh, even when I was a little kid, watching it was always on. You know, if I'm home on Saturday, I watch it. Uh, so I didn't like the cold open, but I love Chappelle on it. That's just, that's my take. Um, and I could say that freedom of speech, motherfuckers. How about that? I know some people are like, no, I don't know. Why can't he just give it to them? It was fine. It was nice. No, it wasn't. It was stupid. I really thought it was stu- silly. Silly. Nice song, and I get that, honoring the man who wrote the wrote the song and, and all that stuff. Rest in peace. I get that. But I just didn't, didn't like how it was just like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Chappelle killed it, and even that sketch, I didn't get to watch all of it. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I saw the sketch afterwards of him and Chris Rock watching the election with their white friends. I thought that was, that was hilarious. And I liked the, uh, the walking dead sketch too. That's all I got to see. But Saturday night was crazy. And this is how amazing New York city is. I had an amazing week in New York city. I'm running around New York city like crazy. I'm working the new hour and uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I really can't. It's, um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I feel like, uh, it's going right where I want to go, but it's just crazy because you're always adding stuff. So right when I'm like, oh, that bit is done, then I'm always adding to it and everything. Um, but New York City is so awesome. So this is this is how great it is, okay, of a city. And it also happened to be, so Saturday night was SNL with Chappelle. It was the McGregor fight for Madison Square Garden. The UFC was at Madison Square Garden. That was a pay-per-view event. That was also Saturday night. And then I had shows. So I was on the 8 o'clock show, sold out at the stand. Then I was on the 10 o'clock show, sold out at the stand. Then Joe DeRosa, funny comedian, goes, hey, dude. He goes, I'm actually going to go to the SNL taping. Because we have friends on, you know, a lot of comedians. The comedy community is small. And, um, you know, there's a couple of friends. You guys know I'm really close with Pete Davidson. But I'm also cool with um, a couple of guys on this show. Michael Che, I know, I know Colin Jost. I know a couple of people um, over there. And, uh, so a lot of times when you're in the city on Saturday night, you know, comedians go to the after party, you know, comedians just, Hey, I'm going to the after party. So, um, DeRosa goes to me, Hey dude, I think I'm going to, I got invited to go to the SNL taping. Uh, I have a 12 something spot. Do you want to change spots? Do you want to go do another spot at New York comedy club? So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm down here. I love to do another spot. So, um, and listen, I got to get the work in, but I was like, shit, man, SNL's on this McGregor fight. I know there's a UFC bar or a bar that shows the UFC fights not not far from, um, you know, the comedy club. So I'm like, let's see how this, pl- pl- you know, pans out. And it ended up being amazing. What happened was uh, after the 10 o'clock show at the stand, right when I pretty much got off stage, I came upstairs and the stand put on the opening of SNL and, and I watched Chappelle's monologue, which was great. Comedians were there loving it. It was it was great. So then I'm like, all right, now I got to run to New York Comedy Club. So I run to New York Comedy Club, packed out, sold out, awesome time, amazing time actually, and I do my my spot, um, which is by the time I get out of there, it's like 12:30. By the time I get out of there, so then what I do is I run across before I'm like, should I just go home? I should probably just go home. I could see the UFC highlights. So I was like, ah, let me just walk and see if the main event is coming on, see what they're charging at the door. I'm by myself. I'm not with anybody. It's super late now. You know, it's going on 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm really tired because I just did two fucking shows. And, um, no, I just did three shows at this point, And I'm running around the city. And um, I'm like, let me just walk 
to that strip that has the UFC bar or the UFC fight at this bar. Let me let me go there and see what the deal is. And then I will um, decide if I'm just going to get in the truck and go home. So I start walking down the block and there's a smaller bar. Not as big, crazy, and crowded as the other bar that has the fight. Because the other one that's got the fight is just like you're standing up like you're at a concert. And I didn't want to deal with that. So there's another bar on 3rd Avenue, um, a block before the big bar, and it says, like, UFC Live, we have the fight, everything. So I go to the door, this dude comes up, and he's like, hey man, it's fight night here, so there is a cover. And I was like, alright, what's the cover? He's like, 10 bucks. And I go, did the main event go? And he goes, no, no, the second to last fight is on. You still have this fight and the next fight. So I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I'm here right now. Fights are only whatever. Not even an hour. It's already late. I'm already tired. I might as well watch this pay-per-view event, which would normally cost me 60 or $70. Fuck it, right? So I pay the 10 bucks, and I'm standing there. And I haven't drank all night. I didn't really drink anything all night. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe let me just get like a cider, something light to sip for the next hour and a half and whatever. So I get this cider. And I'm standing there. And the second to last fight was great. It was that Woodley guy um, versus that tall, lanky white kid who took an absolute fucking beating. I mean, the guy was just getting and then still coming back. And you thought the, the you thought the Woodley guy was gonna break his neck. He had him in the mood hold. He never tapped out this kid. He's just getting the shit kicked out of him. And, you know, he like loved it. Like this kid just loved getting the and, you know, and then he came back and fought. And then, actually, I didn't see the beginning rounds, but it ended up being like a a draw. But Woodley got to hold his title because he was the champ. And he gets to you get to retain the title. But awesome fight. Like, just, yeah, I never, that's the thing about UFC. Like, these guys can get blasted in the face, knocked down to where any other man is just like, all right, dude, I'm done. Like, I'm done for the night. Let me just get a blanket and an ice pack, and I'll see you on Wednesday. Like, you know? Like, dude, if I took that shot, I mean, I'm not a professional fighter, but if I took that shot, like, I would just, it would be a wrap for a while. Like, <laughs> literally, like, my fucking face would be wrapped up. You know, like, these dudes just, I mean, love the punishment, love the, like, you know. I guess once you get hit in the face so hard and it goes away after time, it just becomes like, like, people think my job is nuts because my job is to go into a packed club at night um, or sometimes not a packed club at night and you make people laugh and grab a microphone and make people laugh. You know, you, you do your best, you know, the best you can to, to do that. And some people are like, I can't believe what you do. And it's weird. What about a UFC fighter? Seriously, think about that. What about your job is to show up and there is a chance. There is like a 50, 50 chance. You're going to get the shit kicked out of you in front of not only everybody in the arena, Not only the fact that your kids could be there, your wife could be there, people that you love could be there, you know. It's like I said, worst thing happens to a comedian, you bomb and you live to see another day, you know. A pilot can't really have a bad day, you know, unless he pulls a sully or everyone's fucking dead. But a UFC fighter gets the shit kicked out of him, knocked out cold in front of people. All the fight fans, millions of people see it. That's like intense shit. You know, like I said, me, I do a joke, it bombs, whatever. I bomb, I don't have a good set. All right, you know, it happens. It happens in, in, in stand-up. You know, you try new things, you try to, I mean, that's sometimes getting better means you got to bomb with stuff. 
you know. I remember after my album came out and I used all that material, I'm like, all right, I'm back to square one and I got to, you know, work a new hour. And there's, a, you know, and it's like, you know, you talk to comedians that were like, yeah, man, now's the time to bomb. Go up on stage, try new stuff. And, you know, fortunately, a lot of times, it, you know, things go well, but there's always those epic, like, wow, I just got to, Chris Rock actually compares bombing to getting knocked out, but I don't know about that because getting knocked out, you're physically fucking out. You know, and uh, yeah, those guys are those guys are insane. So now, now the McGregor fight comes on, right? And I'm standing there, and I'm like halfway done my cider, and I'm just waiting. And all of a sudden, the whole fucking bar starts chanting. Uh, you know, they start doing the whole fucking Irish thing. Ole, 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 ole. All right, it was cute one time. Then they start getting hammer drunk. Ole, 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 ole. And I'm just like, and then <laughs> the funniest thing was though. While they're doing it, and all these guys are going, ole, 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 ole. And then, like, right when it would die down, one guy in the far corner of the bar would just be like, shut the fuck up, which I loved. And I like McGregor. I do. I like him. I think he's a shit talking Irish guy. I find Irish guys fucking hilarious because they're just, there's, they're t- some of the toughest son of a bitches. Like, Irish dudes are so funny. Um, you know, I was joking, uh, Bill Burr came over to my house, my birthday was actually this week, oh, I'll talk about that too, I'll talk about that after, but I was just talking, like, Bill is like an Irish-German guy, and we stayed up drinking, and Irish guys, they just are unfazed by the hangover, or they ignore pain, you know, I've talked about it before on the show, like, I'm Mediterranean, dude, I'm Greek and Sicilian, all right, like, if I'm not comfortable, I need I need a minute, I need to fucking get, com- like, you know, I can't wake up after drinking a bottle of scotch, and be clicking my heels and shit. Like, I'm not like that. But my Irish friends will come over. We'll drink all night by the fire in my backyard. And they're, like, up playing with my kids, eating breakfast or whatever. Like, And I'm just like, dude, how are you not down until fucking Tuesday? I don't understand it. So I was rooting for McGregor, right? But it, I was getting annoyed by all these, ole, ole. So then um, these three guys come in now. Now, I'm not drunk, like I said. I've did a bunch of shows. I'm ready to go home. I saw Chappelle do his monologue, which I wanted to do. Um, everybody wanted to see it, but if you're a comedian, you really want to watch it, right? So I did that, and now I'm about to watch this fight. But now it's getting, like, rowdy in here. So these three dudes come in who are not for McGregor. And they're kind of standing next to me in my space. And there's three of them, and there's not much space. So slowly they start migrating more into my space to the point where one guy kind of bumps me and doesn't say anything. Now, I'm a reasonable man, I'm a patient man, and I had to realize something really quickly or shit was going to get ugly. And what I had to realize was, these guys are drunk and they're about to see a fight and they've been planning to watch this fight and they're all into it and drunk. Me, uh, I don't, I could have gone home, I'm tired, I worked all night, I ran around the city, I could kind of go home now. So, and I'm not drunk. So... I nicely just take a step to my left and I stand there. Then the guy starts getting in my space more. And then that's kind of when I stood my ground and I kind of slowly like let him know, like, look, I'm not moving my fucking shoulder anymore. You're not going to push me anymore. All right? Like at first I was being nice, but I'm staying here. So to the point where me and him were both sitting there with like our shoulders touching. And I was just like, whatever. But now, as my mind starts going, I'm going to fucking push this guy back. I'm going, well, wait a minute. He's with two of his drunk friends. It's a UFC fight, Paul. You got to be smart of this. You have children. All right. Now, this is the, you know, this is the 
in my 30s, Paul, that we're talking about. This isn't in my 20s where I'm a, fu- you know, where I would have called friends up and be like, dude, I might get into a, fu-. like, I didn't know. I didn't do that. I'm not dumb. Okay. I'm not doing that shit. So I literally had to talk myself into going, wait a minute. Why are you going to get your blood pressure up here? Why are you going to do that? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. And my back was really right near the door. So we're watching the fight and the fight is going on. And here's everybody where my unacceptable comes into play. Watching grown men watching a fight in a bar is one of the most unacceptable. Screaming. Then there's a there then there's some fucking McGregor fan next to me with his, you know, Kango hat on or whatever. Come on, yeah. Come on, yeah, fucking kill. Like jumping up and down. And the dude stepped on my new Jordan threes. Okay? Steps on my new Jordan threes. Now. Luckily, I bought the all-black Jordan 3s, and where he stepped was like near the toe, all-black. You would, If there was even a smudge, you would not even be able to see it, and I could wipe it. But this dude was straight intense. This guy was like so insane. He Then the three next to me are going, fuck McGregor, fuck McGregor. So I'm standing in a packed bar during a main event with drunk people, three guys on my right who were like, like the rebels, because everyone's going, ole, ole, most people, okay, are standing there going for Eddie Alvarez on my right. The dude to my left is hardcore going for McGregor. So I'm just standing there in the middle with my drink, looking up. I'm a sports fan. I'm enjoying it. Now the guy steps on my Jordans, okay? So now I got this asshole to my right pushing me or like bumping me. And then I got this asshole to my left stepped on my Jordans. So now I literally take a step back. And there was a guy sitting behind me telling me to move out of the way of the TV to the left. But finally, when everybody stood up, he shut the fuck up and he had to stand up. Because that was the one guy I was going to be like, look, dude, I don't know where you want me to go. So that died down, luckily. Okay? So now I don't have to deal with three points of an issue. I have to deal with two points of an issue. One to my right and one to my left. And the fucking way these guys were yelling, bumping into me, I'm going, well, I got TVEs unacceptable for the week. Fucking animals. Absolute fucking animals, and the way that these guys acted, and the way that these guys jumped around and yelled, I, w- I just wanted to be like, at what point of your life do, do you start to get old enough as a man, okay, to be a li- somewhat of a fucking gentleman, you know, somewhat of like a dude that's like, all right, look, man, I'm not a kid anymore, I'm enjoying this fight, and then I realized, Paul, you're at a fucking bar that's holding a UFC fight, okay, so at some point, even though it's unacceptable, me getting mad at it is ridiculous because that's where I am. You know, it's like going to a fucking, you know, it's like going to a bull riding event and seeing people with cowboy hats in the crowd. You're going to see that. You're going to see cowboy boots and you're going to see cowboy hats because people are watching a fucking bull riding thing. You know, got people riding bulls, fine. So, but just the way, even with that said though, the way guys are yelling at the TV screen, the way guys are jumping up and down, even when I watch my favorite teams. Now listen, drunk watching the Giants in the Super Bowl, that's different. All right, I've committed all year to watching a team. If I jump up and down and do something, but I'm still not going to scream at the top of my fucking lungs at a television. These guys are jumping around like wanting to, it's ridiculous. Yeah, man, fuck that. Fuck. It's like, dude, nobody hears you. Do you understand? Nobody hears you. 
Okay, I could understand if you're ringside and you hate Conor McGregor. So you're like, fuck you, and you want to get in his head because maybe at some point you can make a difference. And sometimes that happens. I was at a football game. You guys know the story. Me and Burr were at a football game, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, and Burr was so fucking going at the kicker, the kicker walked to the other side of the field. Like he walked away from his team. Because Burr's just going, Carpenter! You better get your real estate license, like to the point where I was slouched down embarrassed, right? I was fucking, this guy was embarrassing me. But you're not there. You're in a bar watching a guy that's about to take a fucking foot to his nose. You're watching a guy that's about to get punched in the face and wrestle around with another man and you're jumping around a bar in New York City looking at a television screen like a fucking cat with a laser. It's ridiculous. Bumping into strangers. And we're watching the fight, and, um, you know, McGregor just starts kicking the shit out of the guy. The guy gets knocked down. Alvarez got, you know, it was pretty bad. And then he knocked him down, and then, and then he beats him in, in the second round. I believe it was the second round he beats him. And I swear to God, right as the ref waved his hands like it's over, my back just hit the door, and I was out the door on the streets of New York City, alone, calmly, walking to my truck, and it felt like I just left a prison yard. It, I felt free. I haven't felt freedom like that. I was like, what am I doing? I felt like I was in a fucking birdcage. It, it was amazing that I was in that situation. And I just wanted to fucking have a drink. And I'm glad. I paid cash for my drink so I don't have to worry about cashing out of my car. I don't have to worry about any of that shit with the, with the credit card. Nothing. I bought one cider. I paid my bill. I sat there for maybe an hour or so. And I walked to my truck and I went home. But just absolute animals and unacceptable grown men yelling at a television in a bar, screaming, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Like, it's like, how old are you? What do you do for a living? Um, absolutely unacceptable. Stepping on people's shoes. And listen, I, grant, I'm not upset about the Jordan thing this time. Well, granted, if they were white, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have went into the place. But it's the fact that you step on somebody's feet. I even looked down... And like rubbed my shoe to get whatever fucking smudge this animal put on it. No, I'm sorry. No, my bad. Nothing. Just some fucking lunatic staring at a TV probably wanted to start a fight with me. Then the guys to the right bumping my shoulder. No excuse me. No, I man, sorry about that. Nothing. Not even a joke like, oh man, it's so packed in here. I didn't mean it. Nothing like that. Nothing, nothing that I would have done because I was fucking raised properly. Or, or you know what? I wasn't even, it's not even about being raised properly. It's about just having, knowing that. Having fucking respect for people. It really is a thing that's going away, man. People don't respect people. They don't. It's 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 awful. I see it. I see it when I hold doors for people. I see it when you do something. Some people genuinely still have it, but it's like a phase that's just going out. It really is. Everybody's entitled. Everybody's a fucking baby. Everybody thinks, well, I don't care. I could do this. You know, that's why college kids aren't going and taking exams because they're upset Donald Trump won the fucking presidency. That's what we're living in now. That's what we're living in now, that these fucking babies, God forbid a real problem hits their life. God forbid. God forbid a real problem hits their life. What, are you going to get a therapy dog? Speaking of that, by the way. So that's my unacceptable, everybody. These animals. These animals and these uncourteous people. These people that just don't give a shit. Unacceptable. But um, speaking of last night and speaking of Toronto. So I fly to Toronto uh, yesterday. And I'm not going to lie. It was one of those little planes. 
And um, I don't I don't mind the little planes because their takeoffs are usually smoother sometimes on a nice day at least. But um, this fucking thing was all over the place in the wind. And I've learned this about flying because I fly so much. I'm on an airplane constantly. I think I've literally been on more airplanes at this point in my life than I've been in taxis or like close because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm flying all the time. Um, almost every month or every couple months I'm on a couple of flights or whatever. And every time the pilot says something, it's the opposite. You know, every time. There have been times I've been on a plane and I've heard the pilot go, well, you know, it should be a little bumpy on the way up, but uh, I'll find some smooth airspace and we'll be all right. And then it's fine. And then you're anticipating this scare and it doesn't happen. Yesterday was the opposite. I get on this little fucking jet, United Express jet. It looked like it had like fucking 30-something people on it. You know, Toronto's literally an hour. Uh, wheels up to wheels down is an hour. Yeah, I know. I just gave you guys a saying that only people in the industry. Yeah. it's <laughs> Well, wheels up to wheels down with the uh, altitude at 30,000 feet. We're going to, I'm sorry about that. It's literally an hour flight. And the guy goes, well, it's a beautiful day. Uh, should be a nice, smooth, uh, smooth way, uh, you know, ride up, uh, smooth the whole way, blah, blah, blah. And then there were some times where the shit is bumpy and the seatbelt light was on the whole fucking hour. So I've learned just get on a plane. Put your seatbelt on and you hope for the best. That's it. Because anything that they say, anything that they say is not is not uh, always the case. So then I get here and there's always phone issues. But um, by the way, if anybody is coming to Canada, there's a way to do this. You don't get charged $700 and you're roaming and you don't know what the fuck to do. There is a travel plan, an international plan. It's $2 a day, unlimited texting, unlimited data. Unlimited telephone calls uh, to the U.S., so it's perfect. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. And um, something happened last night where my phone said, "I don't know if anybody had this shit happen, but my phone said, unfortunately, has anybody gotten the unfortunately thing on an Android?" I'm sitting there cursing Android, going, "Why the fuck did I leave iPhone? I had something great forever, and just because I see a stupid big screen that curves on the edges." And, and, and it's waterproof. Like, I'm going to go swimming with the thing anyway. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'll try that when my contract is up. And it's been a nightmare. Um, I mean, yeah, I have a better camera and I have a bigger screen. But I'm not watching movies on my fucking phone. I have a phone for, for little... Like, I'm not one of these, like, everything phone people. You know, I have a laptop. So, I get this thing. Unfortunately, um, processing Android.com, Android is down. And then every time I tried to hit the home button, it would pop up. Every time I hit the back button, it would pop up. I literally had one second before it popped up to do anything, literally anything. So all last night, my phone is like that. I can't use it. All today. So I finally, I walked to their Bell store, which is basically their Verizon. And even the techie kid, like even the kids that are like tech savvy, nerdy shit with the phones was like, oh, we never seen this before. But I think I have heard about it. I never seen it. I'm going, fuck. Yeah, so you know it's bad when these, you know, you know it's bad when somebody, like, has a degree in shit or does this for a living. It said, like, expert on his badge. You know, it said IT expert. So I'm going, this will be fine. The other kid, like, you know, was like, oh, we'll wait for this guy. He's on in 15 minutes. So the guy came on. They both tried helping me. Super, super nice. Like, they, they couldn't have been nicer. I was like, any show you want to come to this week, I'll take care of it. Like, they were they were really, really nice. Like, oh, we may do that. And, but they didn't know what the fuck was going on with the phone. It's like, oh, we got to clear this. Oh, we got to clear that. No, that didn't work. Oh, we're going to have to do it. So then we're like, look, 
Uh, we may have to do a factory swipe uh, and, and get rid of all your stuff. Uh, we'll try to keep your contacts. I was like, dude, I need my contacts. So then he goes, um, but any kind of apps. And by the way, if you have anything in your notes or your memo pad, you're going to lose it. Now I have all these comedy notes, all these new jokes and all these new jokes I'm adding to my hour. So I literally in the store, they had to give me a pen and paper and I sat there like I was taking a fucking exam and I had to write like 30 things down that I had in my phone before I could have this guy swipe the phone so I could get my phone back. And I ended up doing it. I took like two, three, three, almost three sides of paper to get everything that I needed. And then they took my phone and they did this swipe and they got rid of everything. Almost like I have a new phone, but I was able to keep my contacts and all that stuff. Lost all my pictures, lost all my video, all that stuff. Um, but they were super nice and they helped me and my phone is back and running. But of course, if that didn't work, if that did not work, I would have had to send it to Verizon and I would have been in another country without my phone for the next four days. That's my fucking luck. But it didn't, that it's, it was an inconvenience for basically a half a day and these guys fixed it. Super, super nice. Here's how nice these people are here. And I'm not even making this up to be funny for the show. I I'm glad I remember this. This is how nice these people are in Canada. There was a guy soliciting something on the street last night. And I'm walking to the comedy club around 8 o'clock. The show starts at 8.30. I'm walking to the comedy club from, from where I'm staying. Um, it's like a five-minute walk. And it's, it's nice out here. People are nice out here. You know, it's weird. When you walk the streets of Canada, you, you almost feel like if somebody went to rob you, you'd be like, fucking seriously, you're fucking around, right? Like you'd almost be like, really? Really, dude? You're not, you're not doing anything. What, what are you going to do? As a matter of fact, give me your wallet. And, and it would probably work. <laughs> That would be hilarious if a guy from Canada was like, give me your wallet, eh? And I'm like, no, seriously, dude, now now you got to give me yours. You got to give me yours. You, you, this is unacceptable. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's my money. Um, And they do say A here. They're really nice, but they do say A here. Like, you'd be like, oh, this sandwich is good. It's good, eh? Like that, they do say it. Whatever. It's, it's their thing. So I'm walking to the club last night. I see a guy soliciting something. I don't know if he had a clipboard or whatever. But he says to some woman, something along the lines of like, hey, can I talk to you for a second or so? I didn't hear the thing, but that's what I gathered from how it went down. It's like, and she must have said something along the lines of, I got to get home to my kids. And this guy, as she just marches past him, I swear to God, this is how nice they are here. This is what he said. He goes, well, you go home and you show those kids who the greatest mommy in the whole wide world is. And I'm just like listening, like squinting my eyes. Like, did he just say that to her? And like 15 yards down as she got, I just hear him go, cause it's you. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look back and he's got a gigantic smile and he just starts waving his hand with his whole hand fanned. Like not like a wave, like a normal wave, like his whole hand, like he's giving somebody a stiff arm with his whole hand fanned and just waving it side by side with a giant smile. And I'm just going, holy shit, that would never happen anywhere else. Like, I am really not in America right now. You go show those kids who the greatest mommy in the whole wide world is. Because it's you. I was like, wow. Like, this woman just rejected this man. Said, like, fuck you. I'm not doing a survey. I'm not doing anything you want me to do. And he still was like that. Like, that was so nice. If I was her, I'd have been like, all right, I'm going to give this guy five minutes. Like, that was ridiculously nice. Even these guys, they took like an like a 45 minutes of their day working in a, in, a, in a phone store to help me with my phone. Didn't ask for anything. I was like, listen, I'll pay you for this. Nothing. Super, super nice out here. 
And like I said, Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, my favorite places in Canada. But the people are awesome. The food is great. Comedy shows are crazy out here, man. It's just, it was sold out last night. So cool. And um, yeah, so it, it's been it's been great. Um, let's get to your guys. We're 35 minutes into the show. Let's get to your guys on Acceptables. See what you got here. Uh, mine was these, come on, motherfucker. Come on, yeah. Stepping on people's feet. It's like, oh, my God. It's, it's like they just, it's like they basically took a seventh grader and just made him an adult and put adult clothes on him. Well, not even really, because they were dressed like shit. And you just put those guys in a, in a, in a bar and, and have them act the way they would act. It really is amazing. Like something tells me that like there's a good 60% of people that were in that bar were single. Or they're just lying to a woman. Because there's no way a woman's going to want to be with God. Ladies, let me ask you a serious question. Would you really want to fuck a man? Seriously, I'm going to take it to the sex level. Because that's ultimately what, what, what's going to go down. Would you really want to sleep with a man? Have sex with a man that stands in a bar. And is screaming at a television. Cursing out loud at the top of his lungs about a fight. And then high-fiving his buddies. Like That just seems to me... Like a a woman that would fuck that guy is on a lower level than 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 a woman that wouldn't. I, and I'm sorry to say that I really feel that way. I feel like if you're a woman that is fucking these loud animals in a bar, there's something you're lacking. Okay, or you got to be like, listen, I can't look. If the guy's in his twenties, okay, okay, but if you're in your forties or even your late thirties, mid thirties. And you're getting with these fucking animals that are like fucking foosball tournament after the fight. There's something like that's a level of like it's, you know, you're just not the Ferrari or Porsche of person. You're, you know, I'm not saying you're a bad person, but, you know, you're the Chevy or Ford. You're the Chevy or Ford. If you're willing for that animal who's yelling at the television, if you're going to fuck this guy. Who's going, come on, motherfucker, yeah, crack his fucking head open. Who's going to the dartboard next? If you're fucking that guy, you're just, I can't, you know, I can't. I can't really respect 100% your judgment. (laughs) All right, let's go to your guys' unacceptables here. What do we have? Let me see here. I think it looks like we have some... um, little mixture here of, of regular people and and here we go okay um, yeah it looks like we have some regulars here and there might be a uh, couple of first time oh I see some Trump ones let's go first one emergency room unacceptable for Blair Stewart Blair is a regular right in here we go I'm writing in to tell a story that sounds like it could have been in a Seinfeld episode this past week I was bitten by a brown uh, recluse spider and have had a pretty rough go of it. Uh, sorry to hear that, man. That sucks. It's even worse than a black widow and are the only two deadly spiders in Pennsylvania. I went to the emergency room and after having a seizure, uh, wow, dude, that's fucking nuts. And they made me sit there and wait for an hour. This would be um, under, uh, this would be under, st- oh, so, okay, so you're in the waiting room, and after you're having a seizure, and they made you sit there for an hour, this would be understandable if there have been, um, any other patients, uh, in that wing of the building, 
maybe I'm overreacting, but there were six or seven nurses standing and uh, talking while I'm sitting there turning into Spider-Man. I'm getting better now, but nobody should have to wait for a, a horrific uh, ER uh, times when there isn't a soul in the place. Thanks for the podcast and shout out uh, to uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Even though we need to step up the hospital game, go Giants. Well, thank you, Blair. Um, that's a weird one, dude. Like, no, what's weird, I mean, it's unacceptable that you were sitting there alone and they didn't do that in the ER. I've been in a situation where I was in the ER with one other person and it took way too long, but then they found out that they, they didn't realize that that's what I was waiting for, which is even more unacceptable and a story for another day. But what's weird is I've never heard anybody getting bit and having a seizure from a spider, and I live in the woods, so that shit scares me because I don't know... Like, I got big spiders come in my house sometimes, and I'm just like, oh, look at that big fucking baby tarantula on the ceiling, and I laugh about it and try to get it, and if it runs away, I just think it's going to fucking go back to where it came from. So that just scares me, but that just goes to show how much I don't know anything. Um, oh, my God, this is nuts here. Let's go. Uh, Anti-Trump protester. This is from Levi Wetzel. Hey, Paul, I know you spoke about these pathetic people last week, but I had to share this unacceptable. There has been a video circulating on Facebook and YouTube of a Trump protester that shits and wipes it on, on a Trump sign on a city street uh, in broad daylight. This woman is literally a fucking animal. Throw her in a cage and shoot her with a tranquilizer dart. Uh, P.S. Would love to see you and Burr come down to Pensacola, Florida and perform at the Sanger Theater. Love the podcast. Yeah, man. You know what's crazy is I'm really not opening for Burr that much um, because I'm, I'm headlining my own and traveling on my own. But we always try to do, like I said, a couple because we're so close. And, um, you know, uh, I would love to do that. Hold on. He just sent me this clip of... This woman shitting. Oh my god, dude. There's a protester here. Her ass is out. She, her fucking skirt is all the way up to her belly button. And her bare ass and legs are out. She's squatting shitting. I'm going to try to play this on the show. And see if I can. Uh, it's, I think it's only like... Oh, I gotta... Hold on, I gotta get through this commercial. Jeez. Oh, I could skip it right now. Oh my god, here we go. No. I'm watching this. This lady is squatting down. Oh my God, dude. It's 35 seconds. She's squatting over a sign. And no. I don't see anything coming out of her butt yet. This is fucking nuts. The anticipation. I'm giving you guys a play-by-play. She's holding on to a like telephone pole with both hands. You know, and she's just squatting down. And there's a Trump sign. And did she... I didn't, oh my God, oh my God, what the fuck did I just witness, hold on a second, okay, so you can't really, she's shitting, she's shitting on a Trump sign, and then after she shits on it, oh my, this woman's an absolute animal, she shits on the Trump sign, and then after she shits on it, I thought you said she wiped her ass with it, she actually takes her hand, she picks up the piece of shit that she shit, like, so basically she, she's squatting down, two of her hands are getting leverage, holding onto a telephone pole, and she's squatting with her knees bent, underneath her ass is a Trump sign, she shits on it, then she's done, she lets go of the sign, bends down, takes her piece of shit, 
puts it more on the sign and rubs it in with her hand and starts yelling. Oh my God. That is one of the most disgraceful things I've ever seen. Uh, wow. Yes, that is unacceptable. Thank you. Um, I guess thank you. I don't even know if I should be upset that I saw that. Thank you for making me not be able to unsee that, uh, <laughs> Levi, but that was ridiculous. And what are you gaining out of that? That's what I don't understand. What are you gaining out of that? You're shitting in public, which looks awful for you. Then you're taking your shit in your hand and wiping it all over a sign. So you didn't wipe your ass. Your hand has shit all over it. And you're just standing like, what are you, what point are you, like, that's ridiculous. Trump, if Trump ever saw that, he'd probably be like, yeah, I'm glad she didn't vote for me. Like, I definitely don't want that as a voter. What the fuck? Unacceptable. Uh, here we go. A Chipotle unacceptable. As a matter of fact, I just ate Chipotle today. I had a chicken bowl from Chipotle. It was awesome. I went light on the brown rice. I went light, very, very light with black beans. I don't really like that shit. I just went some veggies and chicken, and it was delicious. But let's see what Kyle Carroll has to say about his Chipotle unacceptable. Here we go. Hey, Paul, I picked up lunch at Chipotle today, and I noticed the man in front of me um, hanging on over the glass that separates the customers from the employees and the food to point to what he wanted. This guy was just about dipping his grimy, disgusting paws into the food bins. Uh, I'm sure you and all the other listeners are well aware that the glass is there to prevent all the mouth-breathing animals from contaminating slash touching the food used to create your order. Absolutely. Uh, This is a two-tier unacceptable. One, it's unacceptable that this selfish, over-eager savage felt the need to be hanging over the glass to put his gross, disgusting fingers as close to the food as possible. Two, that the employee putting the food together was just letting it happen. Finally, I got sick of seeing this, so before I and everyone else in line lost our appetite, I said to the guy, Hey, everyone. Uh, what did I say? Hey, Everyone else here in line is planning on eating the food you are trying to stick your fingers in. Please don't reach over the glass. Uh, It's there for a reason. The man just glanced at me with a confused look and didn't respond. Thankfully, uh, he did end up stopping this ridiculous behavior. Sorry for the length, but this shit got me heated. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Kudos to you. Kudos to Kyle for calling him out. That gets a Verzi effect clap, okay? That's what you got to do if you see something like that. I'm starting to do that more. I told you, we will stop one unacceptable at a time from the Verzi effect. Here we go. Uh, here is a regular, uh, and I'll probably mess his name up again. This is unacceptable 911, okay? Um, Shaheen Salabi. Uh, Verzi, what's up, you pride of Trenton ass motherfucker? Hope all is good with... The family and the pets, especially Stanley. (laughs) Okay, Verzi, I'm back, and I have a top three unacceptable ever. I'm washing my hands at the bathroom. Oh, no, I read this one already. I read... Why did this one pop up? I read this one already. This was the guy with the nachos. This guy brought the nachos into the stall while he was shitting, and he was eating. I don't know why that keeps coming up. Uh, thank you for that, but that, yeah, that was bad. I actually talked about, I was telling somebody about that. That one's awful. Here we go. Here's unacceptable from Mac, I'm sorry, Max, uh, 
Ostrovsky. Here we go. Paul, unacceptable. Using Trump's victory to draw attention to oneself is, um, you're not, hold on a second. Using Trump's victory to draw attention to oneself if you're not a minority or a marginalized person. Here's the thing about Trump. The man himself is irrelevant. There are checks and balances, and it would be impossible for him to push through a lot of what he's really scaring. Um, yes, you're right, is really scaring people right now. You're absolutely right about that. For me, it's what and who he inspires that is terrifying. Uh, yes, I have to definitely agree with that. All across America, at middle schools, high schools, college campuses, people are chanting slogans like white power, make America white again, uh, and build the wall in a room full of Latino and minority children. Uh, racial slurs, swastikas, uh, clan rallies, Muslims being told their time is up, Muslims being afraid of wearing their uh, hijab, I don't know what that, whatever that is, but yeah, I could get that. Uh, black people being told to go back to Africa, Latinos being told to go back to Mexico. Paul, it's been two days and this shit is everywhere. It's not just a few bad apples. Half the fucking orchard is uh, poison. Minorities and uh, marginalized people absolutely have reasonable cause to be upset and worried. Like I said, Trump is irrelevant. His hands are tied. He has less freedom now to do uh, and say whatever he wants. It's politics, and by circumstance of being president, he is a politician now. By the way, the DNC, and especially uh, Vice President Mike Pence, anti-gay, um, anti-gay immigrant, anti-Muslim policies are again a uh, reasonable cause to be upset. Uh, Non-minority straight white privilege is real, but we can empathize. As far as uh, cope, uh, coping methods go, that's up to the individual. You of all people know about anxiety and coping. Uh, for some, this is a huge issue. I just hope others aren't abusing this moment to draw attention to themselves. That is unacceptable. Far, sorry for the long one. I appreciate you taking the time to read our unacceptables and uh, openness for dialogue. You're one of the good ones, Paul. Crying. Um, well, Max, that was a lot there, and I will address... I will try to address this one... Um, as good as I can, to the best of my ability. Number one, I will say this. Um, I do think that, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, people, uh, some people, I should say some people, because I know great people who supported Donald Trump. I know great people who are not racist and not sexist at all, but they liked his plan, they liked the job things, and they didn't like Hillary, and they thought Hillary was a criminal, and they thought Hillary was just not the right choice, and they chose to go with Trump, and they're not bad people. However, I do have to agree that some of the people that do support him uh, did look at it like, yeah, man, you know, fuck, fuck this, let him go back, let him go back to their country, let him go back here, let him, let him, you know, build that wall, and, and you know what, you Latinos better watch it, that's really bad and sad, and, and it's scary. And uh, I have friends who are Latino that said, like, they heard of little Latino kids in school, people saying, build the wall, go back home, and they don't know what to do. And that's unfortunate that a kid needs to go to school and feel that way. Um, you know, it's also unfortunate that, um, you know, I, I, fortunately for me, I get to see things not a lot of people see because of my job. Um, 
even like going to the airport and getting these car services to airports and to wherever I go and to shows, sometimes there's, there's Muslim and minority, you know, car service people. And I had this guy who was like this Palestinian guy and he was super nice and he was about his family and he was like religious, but he was about his family and he's been here for 30 years. And you just realize like, that's not a bad guy trying to do anything wrong. He's actually psyched to be living here and he's got to go through that. Unfortunately, that does happen. Unfortunately, you get people with swastikas and clan rallies going and it's really unfortunate and fucked up. Um, and I totally, totally get that. And I got to tell you, if I was a minority and my son, you know, that's the thing people aren't doing is put your, put yourself in a situation. Okay. That's one thing I tried to do. And, and you do have to be open to this and you have to be open to everybody's feelings about this. Um, think about this for a second. Seriously, you know, this is real shit. I'm not trying to be funny here right now. This is a real, this is somebody that, this somebody that wrote me that is obviously feeling hurt and pain from this and, and wanted to write into my show. And um, I appreciate it. And there is definitely a lot of unacceptables in this one. Um, but I think what people don't do enough is put themselves in a situation. So think about your son or daughter who you love very much right now. Okay. Think about them. Okay. And think about if your son or daughter went to school and, you know, they came off the bus crying and you say, what's wrong? You're, you're in second grade. What could possibly be fucking wrong? What did they not have the lunch you liked? What did you get in trouble by your teacher at recess? And they said, no, you're about to go home soon. You spick, right? No. Go back to Africa, nigger, because Trump's the president now. That's what you're going to do. You know? Hey, you terrorist motherfucker, go back and, and you and your parents are going to be fucking sent back to, you know, that, that when that happens and those kids are crying and they're just fucking friends with the neighborhood kids and they just want to be normal and, and all that stuff, that's really bad. And if Trump is bringing that out of people, I understand that. Um, but I, I will say this, Max, and, and I understand I understand your, your um, concern, and I understand that people do have a right to be upset. But when college kids don't take an exam because they're throwing themselves on the ground having a fucking fit, okay? And I got to tell you something. All the people that I saw were fucking white people. You know, the people that I saw not, the people that I saw crying, and I know minorities are upset, but, you know, to, to fucking have some 18-year-old, 19-year-old fucking white kid with mommy and daddy's money because they're going to Yale because they can't afford that shit. Crying and needing a fucking therapy dog and needing a pizza because they can't get over the fact that somebody won an election. That's fucking ridiculous. And that's the flip side to this. Okay? And the bottom line is half the country spoke. More than half the country spoke. And they and, and, and Donald Trump won the electoral college by a lot. You know? The guy turned blue states into red for the first time since like the 80s, man. There's something to be said about it. Not all of those people are in the Ku Klux Klan. I assure you of that. Not all those people are, you know, having swastikas and all that. What it is is people are cruel and some fucking parents are racist and their kids hear stupidity and their kids hear ignorance. You know, that's the thing. You know what I mean? And and so a lot of people, you know, and, and I will say this, like, this is one thing that I, I will say that I really don't like is that the vice president, Mike Pence, is saying that, like, Gay people need to like go to like these conversion fucking therapy things and all that. Like that's ridiculous, man. Like that's just backwards shit to me. And and it's shit like that that makes me think like maybe Trump should have really rethought who he's. I mean, I, I just I don't like that. I don't I don't like having people being told what to do. But I can assure you that um, I can assure you that uh, not everybody is like that. It's just 
what you're saying is people saying build that the wall and all that stuff. And Trump is not going to do half the shit he says he's going to do. I think um, Letterman said something about Trump that I think is smart. He's like, I don't know if this guy is necessarily racist. I think this this guy just says really stupid things to get certain people going. And I think even though it's not right and even though it's a, a kind of a shitty way to do things, I think the way he spoke and what he did was kind of a way to get votes and, and talking to certain people. And I'm not saying that that's right. But um, I think that that's part of what happened. You know, a lot of people that are African-American that work for him said that he's like one of the nicest, most generous people they've ever met. And he does employ a lot of minorities, but he said stupid things. I was actually talking to somebody about this and we were saying, who was it? Oh my God, we were just talking the other day. And we're saying if Trump would have kept his mouth shut with the other stuff, with the stupid fucking... You just the stupid shit that he said, and if they, you know, all these things that he said, if he would have, like, as far as race and as far as, you know, the wall and Mexicans, if he would have just kept his mouth shut, um, he would have, he would have fucking really, he would have probably won by a lot more and there'd be a lot less backlash to this. Um, so do people have a right to be upset about an election? Of course they do. You know, if you lose something and you were passionate about it, but when you're getting naked at a, at a when you're getting naked at a protest and you're shitting on a sign, a, a woman is shitting on a sign, wiping her hands all over the sign with her own shit. Um, when you have college kids saying they're not going to go to an exam that they studied probably for and they just can't do it, they can't suck up an hour and take a test because they're so distraught and traumatized. You know, when you have people crying in the streets, you have people fucking falling on the ground. I just think it's a little much. I think the way you win is unite people that are like you and you try to multiply your numbers and you win the next one in 48 months. And that's what you try to do. That's what democracy is about. Democracy is about getting a bunch of people together for a cause and voting it and having that cause happen. That's what democracy is. And it seems to me that, that you know, that can happen if people just do it the right way. Um, but... I, uh, I definitely do, I do empathize with people's families that are going through that. And I think the fact that, uh, you know, KKK, you know, people are getting together. I think Trump needs to come out and say, look, I don't represent you. I don't represent the Ku Klux Klan. If you're putting swastikas out and you're saying white power at schools and you're saying this, I don't represent that. And that needs to stop. And I'm, I'm telling anybody that if you do that, you're not a part of what I'm about. I think he needs to do that now as the president or the president elect. Uh, and that is unacceptable. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, I hope I dressed that I did it to the best of my ability. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's an unfortunate thing. Here we go. Um, this one is from Jason. Unacceptable from Jason Travis. Hey, Paul, I just want to add on to your unacceptable from last week about college students crying and not going to class because of the election. First off, if I ever tried that crap when I was younger, the only time out I would have gotten was my mom taking time out of her day to beat my ass. Second off, you're 100% right about people going through real shit in life and still going about their business. I would never normally put this out there to the public, but I want this uh I want this read because I want this read because I need to make a point um because like you, I am so pissed about this. Uh Paul, a few months ago after a string of drug and alcohol ad- addiction, my mom tried to wow, take her life and I was the one to stop her, and then she was out of the house for six months while she was in rehab. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that, and I hope she's doing well. Luckily, she is doing great now. Uh, that's awesome, but that's besides the point. Paul, through all of that, I never missed a shift at work or a day of school, and these pussies couldn't make it to class because of presidential election. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is what happens when everybody gets a trophy. Sorry about the length. I love the show, Paul. Keep it up. Jason, I got to be honest with you. I couldn't agree with that more. I couldn't agree with that more. You know, um, don't forget, I say 48 months to the next election. They start campaigning uh, even before that. You know, that's when the election is in 48 months or whatever. Probably like 30 months or so, 30 something months. That's when they start campaigning and you could rally the troops and get ready for the next one. But, um, you know, here's Jason who's going through something where his mom was through addiction, going to take her own life. And this guy's got that on his mind when he's going, think about this for a second. The same way I said, think about, you know, your kid being a minority. Let's be, let's be, you know me guys, you know, if you listen to my show, you know, I, I, I try to see the gray, man. I see both sides of this. Okay. But there does come to a point where you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm just a fucking pussy. I'm a baby and I'm a fucking pussy. Okay? You have to put your fuck... So, so who said it? I said it on the, yesterday's podcast. Somebody said, yeah, my grandfather said, who's ever present, you got to wake up the next morning and get dressed. And that's right. So this guy's mom was going to take her life and he's not missing a shift and that's on his mind. Okay? And I could tell you guys, you know, I was down in the dumps really in a bad place. I didn't know if I was going to be around. Okay? And I just wanted to fight through it. If you think I'm going to get to that point because of a fucking election, because of, cause of, cause of some fucking guy talking shit and he wins an election, I'm going to start crying? You know, if anything, people need to look at Hillary. That's the other thing. Nobody's looking at Hillary here. Everybody's looking at Trump. Trump won because people didn't trust Hillary. Hillary Clinton did not get the vote she wanted because 70% of Americans didn't like her. That's that nobody's talking about that. Get if if people are that upset, get a better person in there. Pay attention. Don't cry when Saturday Night Live does a fucking monologue with her singing hallelujah. Don't do that. Say why the fuck did she lose? Oh, because she's done criminal shit? Oh, because she was under FBI investigation? Oh, because she takes money from fucking dictators that oppress women and then she's all about women's rights? Think about that shit before you're just like, oh, she's a woman. Oh, she's a woman. Shut the fuck up. Get a real woman in there that everybody's behind. I'll vote for a woman in a heartbeat if she's not a fucking lying robot who does shady shit. How about that? That's how I look at it. Nobody's nobody's talking about it. Some people are, but Hillary Clinton was not liked. And this guy was talking to talking things that people liked also other than racist shit. You know, he was talking about jobs. They didn't like her. That has to take, you know, that has to take into account. But Jason's unacceptable is right. You know what is going to happen? And what example does it set from a college professor at Yale? To say, you know what, you guys are right. Why? Because that guy is super fucking liberal and voted that way. And he fucking is so upset. So he doesn't want to deal with it. So he wants to make a statement. So we're going to order some pizzas and get some fucking therapy dogs. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. What's going to happen when you're fucking, your mo- you don't know if your mother's going to kill herself. What's going to happen when you want to kill your fucking self and you're through, through that stuff. You're just going to fucking, that's it. You're just going to fucking quit. That's, that's what I don't like. So thank you for that. 100%. I agree. 100%. Okay, uh, on the lighter side of the unacceptables, this is the last one, and this was from Blake Anderson, and Blake Anderson has a unacceptable sneaker creasing. Here we go, unacceptable sneaker creasing. Verzi, I am also, co- <laughs> coincidentally, huge sneakerhead. I have dozens of pairs of retro J's. Nice. Um, this is not a plug, but there is a cheap product out there that you can get 
to prevent from unnecessary and unacceptably creasing your threes and cement fours. I put them in every pair and it makes even old sneakers look a ton better. I use sneaker shields and they're great because nothing irritates me more than spending 200 to 220 on a new pair only to have those crease marks over uh, shortly after I buy them. You don't have to... <laughs> No, I want, I'm glad you wrote this. I'm glad you wrote this. I hope this helps in your prevention of fine basketball sneakers. Keep up the great work. Um, yes, it is. It sucks when you spend 200 to 300 or whatever dollars on a pair of sneakers um, that you're super excited about, and then you realize, oh, your foot was bent, and now there's a crease by your toes. It sucks. Here's another thing that I do at night, and I know this is nuts. This maybe could help some sneakerheads um, or, or people that love, just don't want to fuck up the sneakers. I grab a pair of socks, and I roll them up into a ball, and I shove them in by the toe, and I leave them that way. So over time, it kind of just lifts up the top of the sneaker again. Um, but yeah, I mean, my friends like you know rank on me all the time, dude. I, I walk on my heels. Like when I get new Jordans, they 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 were like watching Verzi with his new Jordans is one is hilarious because I, I walk like I just injured my back or, you know I just walk like that because you know you don't want to you don't want to but, um, I tried the black threes didn't like them and then I thought about them got them and I love them. If you guys could check them out online, you could just put in uh, all black Jordan threes, the white soles and they're just all black. Everything is black. It's just with the white soles they look pretty sick. Um. I love them, and I love the ones, I love the threes, I love the fours, um, but yeah, and then, I mean, other than those, I'm like, those are the ones that I would keep getting, maybe in different colors, um, let's see where we are on time, thank you guys all for your unacceptables, holy shit, we're over an hour, and I have a lot more time, so this is gonna be a long episode, everybody, but, um, thank you for the unacceptables, um, if you wanna send an unacceptable to my show, uh, of course, uh, people, you know, I'll read them, and I love the the new submissions. Um, send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for the written out F O R for TVE at gmail.com. Uh, and also, you can uh, send shorter ones to Twitter, and I will read those as well and shout out your Twitter feed. Um, that's actually where all this started. For the people and for the new listeners that don't know, I've been doing, I started the unacceptable thing on my podcast. Yeah, so this is a cool thing to talk about because a lot of you guys don't know how this worked or or how it happened. So basically, um, I was doing the Verzi effect and I would do, uh, my, my segment would be unacceptable. And I would just be like, ah, oh, this woman is in a restaurant fucking blowing her nose while I'm trying to eat. It's like, go to the bathroom, it's unacceptable. And it was really quick. And that was it. So then what happened was they started to gain they started to gain some steam and people started to um people started to what's it called? Like tweet them at me. They'd be like, hey Verzi, you know, blah blah blah, hashtag unacceptable. And some of them were really funny. So then it got to the point where I'm like, all right, what if I read like three of them? And then that's what did it. I read three people's unacceptables on Twitter. And then I just got flooded with it. And every week since, you know, it's just been growing and growing and all, and all that stuff. So um, so send them in. Here we go. I actually have one on Twitter right now from Gary Barton at GBarton1000. 
It says, guy brushed his teeth in the hall of my apartment building, left behind. Uh, yes, oh my God. Left this behind, it says. He said, even Coach Mike couldn't tame this hashtag animal, hashtag unacceptable, and it is a plastic cup in the hallway of an apartment, like hallway, with a toothbrush in it. That is really gross and unacceptable. Um, here we go. This is from Jose Mara uh, Zafra at Jose Mara... Mara Mary Zafra. So it's uh, Jose and then M-A-R-I-Z-A-F-R-A. Hey, Paul, unacceptable. Animals at work leaving our coffee filters on top of a dirty and dusty vending machine. Gross animals. And he sent a picture of it. Uh, somebody wrote me, uh, I don't know who this is. This is a, a Kyle at, at 19 underscore Sutherland wrote, so here are the choices. Which shall we smoke, buddy? And it's Davidoff. And here's what you said. I mean, and here's what it says. It's Davidoff, Nicaraguan Toro, Nicaraguan Robusto. And then you have other ones here. You have the 2000 Tuba. You have the 2000. Um, me, I, listen, when it comes to smoking a Davidoff cigar, I always go Davidoff, Nicaraguan. And I'll either go Toro or Robusto. Either one. Either one I, I love. Uh... Timbo at Lord Timbo. Hashtag unacceptably sent me a picture of a kid with a pacifier holding a book and it says stay out of my safe space. And it's a kid in a big playpen that says U.S. Colleges. Um, I love it. You're absolutely right. They should be ashamed of them fucking selves being coddled like that. I don't even, th- I'm not, I'm not performing at colleges. Fuck them. Uh, here we go. This is from Goody. Uh, capital G-O-O. And then D-I-E-65. Hit the nail on the head. Okay, uh, you need pizza and a therapy dog. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, there were therapy dogs, and they did a dog thing, like, at this club last night, and there were dogs in the crowd acting better than people. Dogs were just... There were five dogs in, like, a packed, sold-out, 250-person venue last night, and you didn't even hear the dogs. They were just laying around. Fine. Um, let's see what we have here. Anything else? No. I always say that, and there's always one more lingering. What? Uh, no, I think we did it. Yes, we did it. So thank you guys. So send, uh, you know, tweet me at Paul Verzi or send them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Uh, okay, guys. Well, we're an hour and 10 minutes in. I have some more stuff to talk about. I saw the movie Trolls. I was tired and hungover, and here's why I was tired and hungover. My birthday was Friday, November 11th. And um, I went out to dinner with uh, probably the most people that I care about in the world. It was amazing. Um, other than my older brother wasn't there. Um, he was going out to Boston or doing whatever. But my wife, my kids, and my buddy Bill Burr, uh, who was going to Boston for Comics Come Home, stopped and uh, went out to dinner with us and spent spent the time with us. Um, and then, of course, Bill brings over... The greatest Cuban. He's got. I forgot which one it was. It wasn't a Partagas and it wasn't a Cohiba. But he brings over a box of Cubans, and we smoked a Cuban and we drank a bottle, and that's. It's coming back to when I said, German Irish guys. They don't. They're not hungover. We wake up in the morning. Bill is up playing with my kids, and I'm ready to puke. I'm not even kidding. I'm ready to puke. I think I went to bed like spinning. You know, and I'm just fucking like, and this guy is just running around. My wife is, everyone's fine. And I'm just, I'm in a bad way. I'm in a really bad way. 
So Bill leaves. He goes off to Boston. We had a great night, great birthday, such a great time, great dinner. And um, then we go to see the movie Trolls with the kids. And I went in hungover, not into it, and I loved it. I love the movie Trolls. It's weird. It's like, it's, it's, there's a lot of singing and it's, 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 I don't know if I just needed something to make me feel good and more like pure and wholesome after drinking a bottle of bourbon the night before. I don't know what it was. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It's only about an hour and like 28 minutes, an hour and a half tops. And it's a great story. My kids loved it. Everybody was like, wow, that went by fast. I really liked it. I did. So um, it gets the uh, Verzi approval for sure. I would take your kids to it. It's worth going to see in the movie. It's like colorful. It's good music. It's a good story. It's, um, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It showed, you know, it even showed when you're down, keep fighting, uh, you know, which I think people need to see, kids need to see. So I liked it. It even made me like that Justin Timberlake song. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it was it was good. It was I liked it better than Secret Life of Pets. Um, you know, the last two kids' movies I really liked was Zootopia and and this one. Uh, I didn't see the other ones. I don't get to see them that much. But those, the Trolls was really good. Um, okay, as far as sports, uh, my Giants. I let my son stay up on Monday Night Football to watch the Giants won against the Bengals 21-20. to I don't know. I said they were going to be good earlier, and I think they are. I think we could be seven and two right now. Whatever you can't say that, so we're six and three. I'll take it. Um, I had an amazing week at sports because I got to watch Monday Night Football with my son, and then Tuesday we went to the Champions Classic at Madison Square Garden, which is two back-to-back college basketball games. We saw Kentucky play Michigan State, and then we saw Duke uh, play. Uh, who did Duke play? Duke played uh, Kansas and lost at the very end. Frank Mason the third hits a shot with like 1.4 seconds left to go up by two to beat Duke. And my son was there. We were there till midnight. First game started at seven. He hung in there the uh, the whole time and was just awesome. He was he was awesome. He uh, he loved it. He. Um, you know, he was into it. He was cheering. He was chanting defense. He was picking the teams he liked. We got snacks, the whole thing. And uh, we were out late, obviously, a little crazy because I had to fly out to Toronto the next day. But I wouldn't uh, wouldn't change that for the world. So I had a great time both Monday night and Tuesday with my son. Like I said, saw the UFC fights. McGregor's insane. McGregor's shit talking is on another level. I love how he was just like, you know, I've talked a lot. I've done a lot to people. He's like, I just want to apologize to fucking nobody. He's like, because I'm the champ and I could do what I want. He's like, he's shit talking at like movie level, like villain movie level. So funny. Um, and uh, yeah, the, haven't been able to watch the Knicks that much. I know that they won the last game they played, but I'm hoping to buckle down and watch some more of that. Um, and that's pretty much it as far as shows and plugs this week, guys. I will be in New York City a lot this week. And uh, next week, will I be? Yes. Yes. I will be in New York City a lot um, until... Oh, I'll be at the uh, Newton Theater in New Jersey 
Uh, also just got booked on New Year's Eve in the Alb- no New Haven, Connecticut area. I'll have that uh, on the website. Just a bunch of stuff coming uh, on the website and, uh, you know, new shows. Also getting a lot of um, show and dates to headline um, in 2017. I know I'm going to be going to Atlanta at the Punchline. I know I'm going to be doing the Comedy Connection in Providence. Hopefully I'll be doing Levity Live, a bunch of stuff. So please come out. Come out to a show. Uh, check me out, uh, paulverzi.com. And, uh, oh, December 15th, you guys can check me out on TV. I will be on on, on, C- on CZTV's Comedy Knockout. I had so much fun on that. That's December 15th. Anything else, I will post, and you can see at paulverzi.com. Uh, until episode 282, everybody, I'm out of here. I hope you guys have a uh, great time in between shows. I'll talk to you soon.